All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Everybody, welcome to Dropping the Gloves, episode 301. Tim, I'm excited. Why are you tell excited, me, John? Tell me why. We're interviewing JT Miller, a bona fide superstar in the NHL. You know that? Yeah, he's, I would say he's pretty underrated. People don't realize how good he is. I would say he's perfectly rated. I know who he is. He's a stud. He plays for the Vancouver Canucks. JT, welcome to the podcast, my man. Thanks for joining us. Of course, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, superstar is a long shot. I will be the first to admit. Sounds like my grandma talking about my game. No, you're so <laughs> humble. You, you know what's cool is you're the first guest that we have on the show that I don't know. This is the first time I've talked to you. Isn't that bizarre? Well, I'll tell you, we have spoken before, John. No. <laughs> yes. And I, I might enlighten you here. And I, it's okay if you don't know. When I got called out of juniors, I got called up to the Rangers for the playoffs just to be a part of the taxi squad. And it was you, Matt Zuccarello, and Jeff Wawica were the three extras. <laughs> no way. The first time we had ever – and only time we had ever met. No. W- were you there when we got stuck in that small room in Madison Square Garden and I said, welcome to hell, boys? And you guys walked in and Tortorello was way, right behind you guys. And I was like, oh, oopsie. Yes. That was all when that went down. And my wife, you know, we were like, she's like, what are you doing? Like, do you know, John? I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, we go way back. <laughs> I did, like, we were- <laughs> oh, my God. I have no, I cannot. Yeah. My, I'm sorry. Was, so that was 2012, 13, or no, 11, 12 playoffs. I think that might have been when the. Uh, they lost to the New Jersey in the conference final. Maybe they lost in overtime. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that was the year. I didn't play at all. I was just I just got called out of juniors and played in Hartford, and then got called up after Hartford lost and just kind of watched the playoffs. But yeah, we did meet one time. So you knew after meeting me, you're like, this NHL thing's going to be easy if this plug can make the NHL. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I thought. And then I'm watching Zook fly around, and I'm like, this guy can't even play. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's going to be a tough road. Torts up my ass and everything. So That was – to have Matt Zuccarello on the taxi squad, I think was – I don't know what – like, Torch is a great coach. He knows what he's doing. But to have him on your black aces, uh, he made a mistake on that. That guy's so incredibly good. 
Yeah, he's a stud. You know, he I've I feel like I've learned so much from Zook. I got to play with him for four or five, maybe six years, and what a guy and a player. And obviously, he's still playing really well. So, let's talk about the Rangers. So you get picked there, first first round pick coming out. You, you did you spend any time in Hartford? Just a cup of coffee? No, I, I actually had. I think I got my hundred games in the minors. What? Yeah, I um. So I had my first year was a lockout year, 12-13. I played basically split season um, up and down. And then the next year, Elaine Vigneault came in, and it was a rough ride for a couple of years for me. I kind of was very humbled by him. And obviously, we had a very good team there. So it was a hard team to make as a 19, 20-year-old. And uh, I got – you know, I learned what it, what it takes to – you got to put in the work off the ice. And I think that, that that was the humbling part is I did not come in and shape my second year pro and AV baby learned the hard way. I think I went down to the minors seven times my second year, uh, did another split season and then came in in good shape the next year and went to the minors again for a little cup of coffee the third year. So I actually had parts of three years in Hartford. Was there a guy in New York who either took you under his wing or you just saw him and you're like, I got to, like, I got to pick my game up. Because they had a few good pros there. They had Derek Stepan. They had Ryan Callahan. They had John Mc, uh, Ryan McDonough. Like, they had a lot of guys to kind of idolize. Was there one particular guy who you saw and was like, man, like, I, this is why I'm not in the show right now? Yeah. You know, it's Ryan Callahan and Ryan McDonough are two of the easiest ones to just play with so much passion and such a big part of the team and guys like, you know, Dan Girardi and step on, like you said, and I, you know, I was there with, you know, Brad Richards and Marty when he came in, just like some unbelievable leaders. And, and, and I thought to myself, like, you know, they're, they're at another level, like they're playing, even if they're not, you know, I was skilled before the NHL and you think you're going to be skilled going into it. You realize that, you know, these guys have different elements to their game that you need to play. And, uh, you know, my first year, I think I played, almost 30 games in the lockout year and every game is with Brian Boyle. So it, when I, when you think of take me under your wing, him and uh, me, him and Taylor Pyatt spent a lot of time on a line together. So I, you know, I thank them and uh, a lot for, you know, being two big fellas, young guy out of, uh, uh, out of junior. So it's, it was, I think of them when you talk about under my, under their wing. And, you know, I think they taught me a lot, which helps. How was that being in New York? Cause I, like I, we reminisce. I played there for half a season, if that. I didn't really play. I was on the taxi squad for most of the season on the big playoff run. Was it overwhelming playing in, in New York City? Did you probably live downtown, living the life. Your expectations were super high. You had a huge payroll. What, what was that like, like just being in New York when they're just craving a cup champion there? It's wild. It, it, it's, it's crazy to think that um... – you know, I was there for like five or six years and every year we had, I feel like we had a team that had a chance to win. And I mm -hmm. think that's where you really learn to appreciate that, you know, sometimes you're not on a team like that and, you know, it's such a good situation to have. Um, it was crazy. I feel like I was just, it was like a dream. It, it wasn't really real to me. And, you know, I pinch myself now because I, I get so caught up and, you know, winning now is way more on my mind than when you're 19 or 20, you know, you're just trying to establish yourself and you're not even sure what the heck you're thinking. You're just out there playing and enjoying it. But what an amazing experience that was to play in front of those New York fans and a lot of important playoff games. So that's something I'll cherish and remember and, you know, and experiences that I rely on now when we get in those situations. 
talk about the pregame meals in New York because I I got to go to the Rangers when I had played for gosh Buffalo and Chicago and Minnesota. The pregame meals were okay. You know, the night before, we'd all go out to a restaurant, especially in the playoffs. When I went to New York, they took it to a new level where we'd go to the meatpacking district. We'd go to these five-star restaurants around town. The Rangers would put on a huge spread. What was that like? Like, just paint a picture for our listeners of all the beautiful food you got to eat there. Just come on. Like, just let me taste it, TJ. Come on. I mean, it is, it, it, that's it. Exactly. It's you're spoiled there. It's, it's the best. It's anything you can think of juice bar, smoothie bar, homemade, you know, omelets, fresh, everything, no matter how you like it, guys ordering grilled cheese for lunch, just because it's uh, it's, you know, not even on just on game day, just practice days. It's just high end food. And then if you don't, you know, if you're not happy with that, you get, like you said, you get to pick from any of the litter of the New York city for when it comes to restaurants from, you know, brunchy spots to dinner spots to after dinner spots. So it's, it's the best, man. I mean, I love to eat. I know hockey players love to eat. And when, when we had new guys come in there all the time, they just can't believe the spread from, you know, the little spread to the buffet for pregame meal or the spread in all of Manhattan. So it's, it's a special place for food, no doubt. So, what I always tell my fans is people always talk, well, hockey players make millions of dollars. They're rich, this and that. When I went to the Rangers, I was used to getting a decent paycheck every two weeks. You know, Chicago's taxes aren't that high. I got traded to New York and my paycheck got just ripped in half. What was that like? You're new into the league. You sign your big deal. You get your first paycheck. Just say you're making a million bucks. You're like, I'm going to go out and buy a car. And then you look at the, you're like, am I missing a zero on the end of this check? Was that, what was that? Was that a tough pill to swallow? Did you have to ask some guys in the team what's going on here? Oh, for sure. You know, I, <laughs> I, I know what taxes were until I feel like five years into it. And uh, they, they uh, after my first year, you know, I look online and I'm like, oh, that's what I'm going to make this year. And I look at it at the end of the year. I'm like, that's not what I'm making. I'm like, where is it going? And like, I thought I was paying for all those pregame meals that whole time. And, you know, it's, uh, it comes in, you know, it's, it comes with it, you know, all that special, all that special scenery in the city. I feel like that's what you're paying for is the stuff like that. And it's, it's totally, it's totally worth it for sure. So you had a decent stint with the Rangers, you know, you're playing well. Did you expect to get traded at all? Was that even on your radar when they dealt you to Tampa Bay? Um, well, kind of like the, the, the feedback from, you know, between, uh, the GM and my agent was, you know, if the right deal comes along, you know, that year that I got traded, I don't know if you recall, they, they traded pretty much everybody. They, yeah. they just cleaned house and, um, but being a they, young kid, did you think yeah. you were a part of the future? Cause I, is that, they traded yeah. Callahan, they traded everybody like, yeah. And know. then the, or they just told like we were it was the first time we weren't in the playoff picture halfway through the season in like however many years. And they came out with a letter to the city apologizing for the rebuild and we'll be back to the playoffs. And soon AB had a meeting with us about, you know, we're, it says that everybody's on the table. Right. So, but moving forward, I was told that, you know, I'm, unless it's the right deal, we're not looking to trade you and we can see you being part of the future. And then I actually got traded uh, on the airplane to Vancouver. Um, 
at like right on three o'clock or three thirty, whenever the deadline is. So it was kind of a crazy experience. I was flying six hours away to turn around and fly six hours home. <laughs> so what was that like? You, you, you go from the Rangers, like you said, not in the playoff picture. You guys have had a couple sweet runs, heck of a run. You're going to Tampa Bay. Some familiar faces are there. That must've been nice stepping right into a Stanley cup run. You're going to be a cup contender. Was that, intimidating going there knowing that you had these high expectations you're going to be a big part of the puzzle they traded gosh a first rounder a third rounder a pretty good prospect for you they wanted you to be a big part of the team what was your what was your mindset going in there tell me tell me all you were thinking I was excited to be honest like I I went through a lot of uh in my mind like when I was younger I went through a lot of bs with um with my situation like I just wanted to be a bigger part of the team I think and it was getting hard. And that year was very hard in a lot of guys. We weren't performing how we wanted to be. So when I got traded, my immediate thought was, man, this sucks. Like, I have some of my best friends. This is all I've known was these guys. And, you know, it's going to suck leaving. But at the same time, I mean, you get to go play on the, one of the best teams in the league for a Stanley Cup again. And obviously, I had some familiar faces there, which was nice. I was going with Ryan McDonough, which made it easier yeah. on Um You know, I was really looking forward to the opportunity. And it was a good fit. And uh we came close. I think we lost uh, at home game seven against Washington, the eventual cup winner. So, I mean, it was a, we had a great team and, you know, I was excited. I'm not going to lie. I was definitely ready for something, a new part of my career. And, you know, I think it was, the timing was right. So it, it, it made sense. And, you know, we had a good team there. So you, I don't want to dig up bad feelings and all that stuff, but you mentioned a bunch of BS. What does that mean? You went through some, is that you just didn't think you're, put in the right spot you wanted to be on the first line like what what was going nah, on with that no there's just I didn't I didn't have a great relationship with uh with our coach in New York yeah uh, with AB it just wasn't a good fit um that's something that's well documented I'm not saying that if we were to be together in the future that it wouldn't be the same because it's a lot different down the road but at that time I just thought that I was putting in the work that I wasn't when I was younger and then you know it just it never really just wanted something more. I feel like I deserved it sometimes and just never really had the right end of the stick. And that's just, maybe it's not a good fit. I'm not saying it was his fault or mine just wasn't a good fit. And I think that the way that the team was heading and we're getting rid of everybody and starting new, I think the timing made sense. And from the BS standpoint, I'm not saying that it was Aileen Vigneault's fault of my not being where I wanted to be. You know, I take a lot of responsibility in that, but I just don't think that me and him saw eye to eye and it was kind of making it hard on a young guy that wanted to, have a bigger responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. So you go to Tampa Bay. Was it a completely different atmosphere there? Can you, can you tell? Cause I know, listen, I played for seven teams and you can tell different vibes from different organizations. When, on, when I was with the Rangers, it was a different vibe. Torts was really, he was a hard, hard nosed coach. Even they had Glenn Sather. It was a very stuffy organization. Then you contrast that with other organizations. How was Tampa Bay? It seemed like it, it's a good environment. They had a good, you know, a good coach there, a good group of guys. Was it a complete 180 from the Rangers? I would say from an organization, it might have been a little different. Like, like you said, I guess stuffy, but it was more laid back. Um, but they also, but it was kind of similar in a way that they had a lot of familiar faces that have been there for a long time on a good team for a long time, ready to win. Um, you know, I still can't believe when I think back that. You know, the core group that played there from, you know, around 2010 to 2015, 16 didn't win a cup in New York. It's, it's amazing. Those are some of the best teams in the last 15 years to in the NHL. 
And, um, and, you know, I, I feel like it was kind of similar in Tampa, you know, I'm, you know, I, when they won, I feel like it was just so overdue. Like they have one of the best teams for how long they've had a lot of familiar faces. And I, I thought it was kind of similar that the, you know, they a lot of experience and a lot of good players and, and have traded in good players to, to help their runs over the years. And it finally obviously paid off for them. So it was exciting for me. It was a little different, like you said, from an organizational standpoint, but from a team aspect and ready to win a Stanley cup, it kind of felt the same. Like everybody was dialed in ready to win. Yeah. And then you get traded again, JT, yeah. what's going on here? Are you just a suitcase? What's what I, happened? I, I, I went from thinking I'm never going to get traded to thinking <laughs> I'm not going to get traded. It was pretty amazing. I, I don't know. It, that was the craziest thing. You know, my, we had, yeah, it was just a crazy time in our lives. My wife had been pregnant twice within a two year span and got traded twice and had to move out of the country from, I'm from Ohio or Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I live now. So I did move all the way across the country into another one and, had to move everything from Tampa to here. I don't know. It was just crazy. You know, I was kind of told that I asked, you know, we knew going into after being swept by Columbus, that there was going to be able to be some tough decisions. And um, I understood that my contract, even though they had just signed me to five years, was going to be a difficult one for them to keep being restricted. Yeah. And, so I, I understood that, but I mean, they were straightforward with me and said, there's no promises being made. And um you know, that was a decision that they came to in the summertime, but, but I felt like I was prepared for it. I uh, wasn't um, at the time, wasn't thrilled, but looking now, I mean, it's kind of, it made sense for my career. I'm happy it happened. And obviously Tampa goes and wins last year, but there's zero hard feelings there. Like I am so happy for so many people on that hockey team. They so deserving. They, like I just said, they've had one of the better teams in the last you know decade or so every single year. So it's been just a whirlwind. And then the pandemic and everything now, I'm sure it's just, I feel like I don't even know where I'm at. <laughs> it's just a crazy time. It's been a crazy couple of years. What was that like? I don't know. Gosh, I, I hate bringing, losing to Columbus like that. You guys were earmarked for the cup. You know, you had, you had the players, you had the regular season, you were unbeatable. Like what happened? Like, was it just a, the wheels just fell off or did you just run into a hot Columbus team? Well, we, we got outplayed. Like yeah. just, straight up outplayed. I mean, you could say it was the, we clinched so early. We didn't have any big games or important games, if you will, for a long period of time. I mean, I don't know, but we just, we completely dominated them for 40 minutes to start the series. And then after that, it was just like the fastest three games I've ever been a part of. They, they played to their system really well. They bought in for obviously torts is a big part of that. Yeah. They, they blocked everything. They made it really hard for our skilled guys to get on the inside. And then they capitalized on their opportunities. They, they played well, you know, they were definitely deserving of it. That was one of the hardest and hardest series I've ever played. And I'll tell you what, the Columbus crowd was maybe one of the best cities I've played in the playoffs so far. So last year, your first year in, in uh, Vancouver, I mean, you had, you've had some good seasons over the years, but everything just seemed like it sort of clicked for you last year. Like what, what do you owe that to? Do you think it was line mates, system coaches, or maybe something else? Well, a couple things. I think that uh, I think I'm very understanding of what my game is now in my career. Um, I've played on some different organizations now, and but the ultimate thing is opportunity. I mean, everything you can ever ask for, I was um, given an opportunity to play on the penalty kill, the power first power play, and play on the top line. So that adds up to a lot of minutes. 
Um, I think I play better when I play more, and I know that that is an easy thing to say for anybody, but I'm definitely more engaged when I'm when I'm doing that. I know I love the responsibility. I take a lot of pride in it. Um, but I think I'm on a good understanding of what my game is. I think it's just maturing in your game and uh, all that stuff you learn when you're younger. And I said BS earlier, and I think that it's just – there's a lot of my own BS as well. So um, you just kind of grow up a little bit. I think the – it made sense. We were on a good hockey team last year. Um, like I said, but the opportunity, it was, it was everything I mean a player could ask for. And I just tried to make the most of it and try to string together a lot of, a lot of good games. And we had a good hockey team. So that helps too. We polled uh, Twitter last week about some underrated goalies in the league and Thatcher Demko came up uh, again and again. Uh, I guess like, do you, do you agree that he's underrated and how do you think he's adjusted to being a, a legit number one? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't, yeah, I don't know about underrated, but I know he's really good. That's, and we all know he's really good. Um, he's super competitive. He practices really hard. He gives us a chance to win every game, and you know, it's all you can really ask for is for anybody. So, I mean, he's a huge part of our team. Um, he keeps us in a lot of games when we're not bringing our A game, and he's an awesome guy too. So, it's uh, obviously a really bright future for him, and obviously, he's playing like one of the best goalies in the league right now. So, we. Uh, you know, we expect nothing less, and I know he's really challenging himself to be that guy. And last week, uh, the Canucks claimed Jimmy Vc, who I know you played with in junior in the, or the the World uh, Junior Cup. You played with him in New York, and now again, how pumped are you to see to see you guys pick him up? And are you guys like good buddies by this point? Yeah, no, we were pretty good buddies in New York. We hung out a lot. Um, we had some mutual friends. We knew each other briefly from the World Juniors. Um, you know, he's a good player. I know that he was playing in obviously a different role in Toronto. Um, but uh, he's been playing like – he's played like 19 minutes all three games he's been here. He's going to be a big part of this team. We have a lot of guys down right now. He's a really good player. He's a good guy. Um, you know, we're super excited to have him. I know I am. Um, he can kind of play in a lot of – every situation. Um, I think with the right opportunity, again, I mean, it's a guy that's going to thrive under that situation. So, we're excited. So, you had a good playoff run in Vancouver last year. You had a career year. The off season, you lose a couple players, you know, what happens. Expectations are high. And you guys just lay a deuce in the first month of the season. We talked to Tyler Myers before the season. He's like, yep, yeah, you know, we have a good team. We're going to, you know, turn some heads. This, this could be our year. You're playing great as of late. You've been smoking it in March. What happened in the first month and a half of the season? Is it just – too too high of expectations or I don't know like kind of walk us through that if you can I don't know yeah yeah it's, it was just I don't know you know it's hard to say it's it's like a light switch after the first 15 games or so and, and we just started playing well we weren't actually winning at the beginning of playing well either we were just still lo- finding a way to lose but we've been playing well for over a month now and it's just like you said I don't know what happened like we just weren't ready to start the season and we weren't on the same page and I'm sure that I hate using excuses of any type again in the NHL, but you know, it's, we didn't get a lot of practice time. We had uh, some new faces. We've had some injuries at it, but that's all part of the game. But we just, we weren't ready to play at the beginning of the year and we didn't execute on a high enough level to win hockey games. And it's not a playoff atmosphere, if you will, but the games are very playoff like in the sense that you're playing the same exact guys every night. You got the same matchups every night, even though you change teams into another province it's the same exact thing and there's not much room out there so I think once we found a way to you know really bear down and it's a couple extra feet all over the ice and we've been doing that really well the last month or so and 
you know, let's, we, we feel good about our game. You know, we're, I think we're maybe if we, we, tomorrow's our last game before we have a week off or so it's much, much needed break. We've played a lot of hockey. Yeah. It was 37 or 38 games already tomorrow. So we're, uh, we're due for a break. We need to get back to 500 and then we got to win a bunch of games. I think we got like 19 or 18 left. So never know. We're playing well at the right time, which is all that matters. And uh, everybody knows this time of the year, anything could happen. So yeah, you can catch up in points in your division super easy because you play each team so often. Huh? Going into the year, like I, I can't imagine playing one team seven times in a season, let alone six teams where you play them seven, eight times. Has it just been boring? Has it been weird? Like, to, It's just such a strange season. I don't know. What's it like playing the same team like five times in ten games? Like, Is the animosity there or is it just you get sick of seeing the same guys every single night? Yeah, it's weird. It's it's. I'll tell you what. It sucks with no fans. Like it, yeah. it's. I feel like when they come when they come back, it's going to be crazy. Like we're going to be nervous again to go out and play. It's. But it's just the card we've been dealt, I guess. And I wouldn't say we're sick of it. Like I think right now everybody's got a job to do, and we're definitely focused on that. But it, it's 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 like a it's like a playoff series. It is in the playoffs every week, and, it, and it's like a weird thing you got to get used to. I'd say by now most teams are used to it. Uh, we're kind of in the past the grind into the into the the stretch here and in a crunch time so it's it's a, it's a weird thing and i hope we never have to go through it again but it's a uh, i'm glad we're playing it's better than the alternative and um you know we're going to be excited to have fans back for sure but it's been it's been weird lining up at, but the animosity it's 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 not there's been some skirmishes but i tell you what the fire there's no momentum swings emotionally in the building anymore um, you can carry play for a couple minutes in a row, but you don't, there's no fans. I'll tell you what, the silence of a home crowd and the rock and building of the home crowd is definitely a huge factor. And there's obviously none of that. So it's greatly yeah. missed. Sure. Has there been just because you play these teams so often and because teams line match all the time, is there a guy who you hate playing against or a guy who, you know, you just, you have them in your pocket cause you know, you can beat them every single time. No. I don't know. I mean, we haven't – there's not really anybody right now that I have in my pocket. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that for free. But um, I don't know. There's some hard lines to play against. Like right now when we're playing against uh, – like we're playing Winnipeg right now. And, you know, I'm either playing against that Shifley line or the Dubois line. Those are some talented guys. Um, anytime you got to go against Edmonton, you got to play against two-headed monster. If they're separated or playing together, it's a, it's a t- tricky situation. And, um, you know, it's, we take a lot of pride in it. Like we've been playing pretty well. Like we, we yeah. feel good about it. I think we've been evaluating our game as a team a lot better the last little while and not, not fooling ourselves and pushing ourselves, but we've played a lot of hockey and uh, we've had a lot of injuries and it's a unique situation. That's for sure. So you fought uh Sherratt last week, right at the faceoff. So it must've been some kind of conversation. Like how did that go down? Is there any kind of good story there? I'd say a little bit, actually. Like, it's – we were – I was playing terrible. We were playing terrible. I think we had three shots in the first, and I was all worked up. I just got into it with my coach on the bench, and I was like, I'm – I do it once a year. And like, and I'm not a me, very mean guy, so I, I like to try to get somebody a little tougher than me so there's no expectation for me to win. And uh, I know he's a big boy, so I, I asked him off the face-off, and he actually thought I was kidding. Uh, <laughs> he said, are you serious? And <laughs> Like, twice <laughs> – so I was like, yeah, let's go. I'm all worked up. You got to get me before I calm back down and say there's no chance. So, so the timing was right. 
Um, like I said, I'm not, that doesn't happen very often for me, maybe once a year. So. And you've got two overtime winners in the last week. What is going on? What are Okay. So you mentioned you have one more game tomorrow. You win that game for say, what do you guys do at the deadline? What's, what's Vancouver's game plan? Did you have any indication of what your guys are going to do? Because you could, you could make a serious run at this playoff thing, or you could completely blow the team up. Like you're at this kind of sit position now where who knows which way you're going to go. What, what do you hope this team does? The, the GMs, like what's your feeling? And, you know, that's completely out of my control, as you know, but you know, as a player, you just want to have a chance to compete and, and win and, and win games. And so, I mean, whatever makes us a better team, us as players are all in for that, but we know that that's a more tricky game than that from a GM or whoever's perspective. And, uh, you know, everybody wants to win badly. There's, it's such a weird year. I mean, it's, it's a two week quarantine to come to Vancouver. So, yeah, it's a big factor. So it's a, it's a weird thing. Um, you know, I just want to win. I'm, I, like I'm at a point in my career now where I just, I just want to win. That's it. And, you know, I just, you know, that from a player standpoint, that's all you want is to make the team better, no matter what that means. So, um, you know, we understand that we got to win a lot of hockey games and hopefully we're getting some guys back with this week off we have here. And that's going to be a fun little stretch here at the end for sure. You know, I have a theory with Vancouver and correct me if I'm wrong, but I talked to Tyler Myers about this. I've skated with this player in the summer when I, when I played, um, is it distracting to play with Brock Besser because he's so handsome? Does it take you off your game when you're jumping off the bench on the bench and you kind of look away from the play because he's just so hypnotizing with his looks. Can you just, you know, what's that like to play with somebody who's just so damn handsome? Uh, you know what? I am harder on him than anybody on the team. So on and off the ice. And I try to tell him ugly as many times as I can. So <laughs> the, with the young guys these days, the last thing you need is more air in the tires, pumping them up. So I am, uh, I'm fully degrading and breaking him down just to keep him level to sea level as much as I possibly can. So, but no, he's, we all know he's a good looking cat. That's the only thing I'm going to give him. I'm not going to give him anything more. Oh, that's too good. Jealousy is the highest form of flattery, JT. That's all I'll say. That's all I'll say. But anyways, man, I don't want to keep you much. I know you got a game tomorrow. You're very good sport jumping on with me. I appreciate I'm sorry. I didn't remember you. I, I feel so bad. No, it's all right. Now I can just hold that over you for a little while until you get me with something. It's, it's all good. I knew that you wouldn't, but I knew that, that, but that was also the only time. Did you think coming into that locker room, like, I'm, I'm going to skate with John Scott. How excited were you? I thought we were line mates. No, <laughs> I, I could not. Tell our listeners how badly we got bagged. Have you ever gotten bagged as bad that we did with the Rangers? No, but uh, Jim Schoenfeld was doing my bagging. And he is the old school figure eight guy. Just no pucks, just get going and move it. See, I got torts would grab me too, but it was terrible. And we yeah. would come in after a couple bottles of wine the night before. It did not feel good. No, no. Heavy, that's heavy sweat drops there. It was not good. But listen, if I would have known I was skating with you, I would have picked up an autograph. <laughs> I might have taken you out for dinner. I would have kind of, you know, got to know you a little bit better, but I didn't. I'm sorry. Sorry, no, all good, man. I appreciate you having me on. I was excited when, uh, when you asked. Well, let's, uh, let's keep in touch, my man. Good luck the rest of the way. What are you going to do for your week off? Any plans? 
Um, I don't know. I might try to swing them once or twice. I don't think there's COVID out on the golf course, so I'm going to try to go out there. Nice, man. I appreciate it. Well, tell the wife, thank you for giving, uh, giving up a little bit of time. Give your girls a little yeah. kiss. We can have a little play date one of these days. I'll show you what a real girl family <laughs> looks like here with the six I got. <laughs> Teach me something, man. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, JT. Have a good one, my man. We'll see ya. Tim. That was great. That was great. JT Miller. I, you know what? I hope Vancouver goes on a run. I really do because they're a fun team. I said it last year. I think they're arguably the most likable team because there's just so much charisma on that team, especially with uh, their young studs, Pedersen and Hughes. Like, they're just so likable. They're so fun to watch. It's effortless. Um, and, yeah, I, I, this is a team that's easy to root for, so I hope they do well too. Yeah, I think when they lost Tyler to Foley, he was a big part of that team last year. And I, don't, I think they're finally starting to figure it out. Like he said, they're exciting. If they can sneak into the playoffs and continue to play that they're playing, Thatcher Demko – like you, you, you said it. He is playing great. Yep. Like he, he really is playing on a different level. He's 8-0-1, I think, in his last nine games. His goals against and save percentage are just through the roof. I think there's something like 948, something silly like that. So they're playing well. Hopefully, gosh, the key is, is that they're going to need a little bit of help, you know, to catch. I think they're right behind Montreal. They need Montreal to go on a little skid. They need some help. They, I don't know how many more games they have against them, but that would be that would be fun to get them into play. I was playing Toronto first round. That'd be a good series. Yeah, it'd be fun to watch, especially just Patterson. We didn't get to ask him about uh, about PD, but that kid is just just incredible to watch. And, uh, and yeah, the more yeah, the more of him, the better. They've been winning most of their games without him. He's been out and he's he's injured. I don't know what he's ailing from but he's been out of the lineup and they've been performing it's nice to see Tyler Myers just went down the other day he blocked a shot and his big old big old body went down but good for Vancouver nice job Tim we got JT Miller pretty high-end interview yeah and we uh we got Kirby Doc tomorrow that'll be dropping on Friday so big week for us you're not going to tease any other guests we have in the docket any other big ones or no uh I don't know do you want to I just got another one confirmation who give us the not the big one yeah. Just a littler one. This one is this one might be just as big. So I, maybe I shouldn't say it. Maybe I'll Who's save that? it. Brady Kachuk. Brady Kachuk. Yeah. I like that. So stay tuned, fans. This is gonna be great. We got a lot of great guests coming up. We're kind of opening up the bank. Now that we're on hockeyfights.com, I feel like we can be our true self. We can go out there, we can interact with the players. We don't gotta, you know, just be stuffy anymore. This is uh, the new beginning with hockeyfights.com and dropping the gloves. It's gonna be great. Stick around, everybody. I promise you, you will not want to miss it. We're gonna have some killer guests, we're gonna have some killer shows. We really appreciate the support. Tell your friends about us. Well, we're gonna this is our best month so far of our uh, podcast career, but we're we're always looking to grow. So uh tell your friends, tell your brother. If you tell someone and they start listening. I will buy everyone a t-shirt. How do we, how do we do that, Tim? How do I get everybody a t-shirt? Yeah, there's no way. There's no uh, way. I wish there was. If there was, I would do it. Sorry to be the bad guy. John's the nice guy, but uh, I got I to close the pocketbook on that one. JT, yeah. he, he just texted me. He said, hope I did all right. Thanks for having me. Nice guy. Do you have his phone number? Yeah. I, I had to send him the link to, uh, to the Zoom. Send me his number. I want to send him a text. I feel bad that I didn't realize he was uh, a black ace. Because <laughs> you've told that story so many times. I'm such I mean, a bad role model. He probably came in there like, this guy's an absolute joke. He, do, he doesn't yeah. even take this. I was, so slow. Out. I was so checked out of the Rangers at that point. I just did not want to be there. I was like, get me off of this team. I hope they lose in the playoffs. I hope I can go home. I just didn't want to be there. I wasn't in the future. I wasn't going to be there. Yeah, I just was gone. 
But anyways, good for him. Thanks for being on, JT. We will keep an eye on you. Gosh, if they make the playoffs, we'll get them on again. Who knows? It's good for him. All right, Tim. Well, good work. We will talk to you again on Friday for another guest. My main man, Kirby Doc from the Chicago Blackhawks, coming back from an injury. Can he give them the extra boost that they need to hurdle the Columbus Blue Jackets and get into that playoffs? Who knows? We'll get Kirby's take, see how his wrist feels, see how – if it was a mistake to go to the World Juniors. That's, we'll that's see. A, that's going to be a tough, touchy subject. Not going to be a touchy subject at all. I'm going to say, was that a mistake going? Do you think Stan Bowman made the wrong call? <laughs> yeah. Go ahead and ask him, see if he answers that. He's going to be like, no, Stan's the man. I want it to go. Everything is great. And I'm just going to be like, ah, you're a terrible liar. But anyways, <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you for listening. We appreciate the support. We'll talk to you guys on Friday. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. 